Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. How many of you would say that the church is the pillar and ground of truth? Would we all amen to that? Now, I'm not the authority on truth. You're not the authority on truth. But we are in Christ. We're part of His body. We come together as a church. We are members of that body. And we gather together corporately. And, and, and God has given gifts unto men. One of them is for the church, His church, to have pastors and teachers. So my job as a pastor is to be able to teach the Word of God and make sure that we are uh, living and abiding in truth. And uh, my uh, pastor and pastors that have been in the game for 30 or more years, uh, in one sense, uh, they're happy to see other preachers get into the ministry and they rejoice in that. But at the same time, uh, a lot of them joke with each other uh, about us preachers getting into it now because there's so many obstacles that we have to overcome that they didn't. And one of them is this, this view, this false view uh, that technically they will call biblical cosmology, and it's not biblical and it's not cosmology, uh, but at its basis level they will say uh, that the church has been deceived in thinking that the earth is round when it's actually flat. Now how many of you have heard that? Okay, well you're going to, okay, most of you have. So, now let me ask you this. If the earth is flat, does it change our commission to bring the gospel to all men everywhere? Nope. If the, if the earth is round, does it change our clear commandment to go and preach the gospel to every creature? Yes. So it would make sense to me that if somebody believed wholeheartedly that the Bible teaches the earth is flat, and they wholeheartedly believe that, you would think that they would start at one end, and as fast as they could do as a group, they would go right across the flat earth and preach the gospel to everybody. But you know what I found? They don't do that. <laughs> and if you wholeheartedly believe that the earth is round, Start at the North Pole, if there really is one, and go all the way around the earth and bring the gospel to every creature. Wouldn't that make sense to just leave that alone and let's get majoring on the major thing? That would make sense to me. Proverbs 18, let's, let's read Proverbs chapter 18 and we'll get started on this fun-filled message. Proverbs 18, verse number 17 Bible says, he that is first in his own calls seemeth just. I've heard some things, you've heard some things, and you say, huh, really, does the Bible teach that? Is that true? Is that so? But his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. We are to search. We're not to just believe whatever is put forth. Now I'll give you a little word of testimony on how I was first introduced to the flat earth. It was back in 2016, and uh, the church we were attending, our ascending church, I was a Bible student at the same time, 
And the office manager, who's a good friend of mine, he says, hey, Brother Jimmy, you gotta hear this. You gotta hear this. I said, what? He said, the church, our church is getting calls because pastors are calling because people are coming into their congregations, splitting churches over the flat earth. Have you heard this? And my response was, no, brother, I haven't heard it. Do you want to hear about it? No, quite honestly, I think it's, who would waste their time with that? And I pushed it aside saying, that is just a waste of time. It's a distraction. I got a test to study for. <laughs> I got a family to go home to. I really could care less about, in my mind, these are just people that just don't know the Bibles. Flash forward, fast forward. We're now in Tennessee. We're all the way down in Sparta meeting at this building. And our sweet Sunday school teacher who loves children, who has a globe <laughs> and is showing the children the missionary journey of Paul. And you can open the back of your Bible. And do some of you have maps in the back of your Bible? Okay. So we see one day our sweet Sunday school teacher walking out of the church house with the globe in her hand. You know why she's putting it away? because the family in the church is complaining about having a globe and can't we just go by the Bible? Does that really happen? Testimony, yeah, it really happens. Now, still in my naivety and me being the ultimate optimist that I am, I didn't piece any of this together. So then I get after church, well, can't we, do we really need to go to the maps in the Bible? Can't we just go by the Bible? The maps really aren't the Bible. I still am not putting it together. Until, until the family leaves. And I, will, I won't call it a church split. They were only there for maybe three months, four, four maybe, pushing it. Not, it, it, it. A good bit of them. Lovely people. Christian people have trusted Christ as their Savior. Kids that want to play and have a good time that are just in the midst of these things that adults have to bicker about. And after the phone call, it's... You know, they can't go out witnessing because their testimony is that, well, it would just what would be talked about would be some different things. The government and the deception and the, all of that. So they left. And I'm still not putting it together until I talk to a pastor who, who says to me, brother, I would not worry about it. He said, you're probably the fifth or sixth church that they've been to. And they've left every single one. He said, did you know that they're flat earth? And then the light bulb went off. Wow. Over that. Over that. You know who's affected most by that? 
children. Children. And when you hear me talk about this, when I talk about it, there's a part of me where I'm even embarrassed to talk about it. Do we really need to address this in the church? And one preacher said, hey brother, if it comes to your church, you've got to address it. Why? Proverbs 18 gives us a principle. If somebody's going to make a case for something, the church is the pillar and ground of truth. We must examine. We must cross-examine. We must dissect. We must question all of the witnesses. And we must allow the Bible to bring out the truth of the matter. You know what I was not interested in doing initially back when it hit, apparently it hit big and started making its waves into Christianity in 2000, in 16, 2015. When I first, I didn't want to search it. I brushed it off. It was a waste of my time. But I have found that it is very, it, it's, it's held very near and dear to people that are Christian people, they're saved, they're part of the body of Christ. But this has been a very big stronghold in their life. Go back to Exodus 24 and I will give you some of the arguments that they use and you can decide uh, for yourself. As always, as we go through the Bible, Exodus chapter 20, verse number 4. They believe, flat earthers believe that the church has been deceived into thinking that we live on a spinning, chaotic, circular globe. And because of that, we have gotten ourselves involved in idolatry. And they will go to Exodus chapter 20, verse number 4. And they will read to you, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Now, when you're reading that passage, as you would probably teach your Sunday school students, if you were a teacher of Sunday school or if you were a Sunday school teacher teaching the adults, you would point out very clearly that it says in the earth. It's not referring to the earth. <laughs> does that seem pretty simple? To me, it does. What is the difference if someone owns a globe or someone owns a pocket knife or someone owns a book or someone owns a cell phone? Can't any of those things become an idol in your life or my life? Exodus 20 is not saying that the globe that you have in your church Sunday school room is an idol. Nobody is worshiping an idol. If you were to walk downstairs into our Sunday school room, which if a flat earther did, they would immediately walk right out and either leave or stick around long enough until they can't tolerate it anymore. They could not walk in because they would see some maps on the one wall and then they would look up on the cabinet and there'd be a globe. Oh no, we need to leave. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It makes no good sense. Isaiah 42. Let's, we're going to have some time in Isaiah and then we'll get to, we'll get to, uh, we'll get to some more shapes here in a minute. Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42. 
Look at verse number 8. I am the Lord. That is my name and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. If you use a globe, you will be accused by a flat earther of practicing idolatry. I don't believe that's what the Bible teaches. Now, you have to keep in mind, these are the same people that bless their heart, as they say down south, are up till 3 a.m. in the morning looking at YouTube videos about the flat earth. And your cell phone isn't an idol? And your computer isn't an idol? And it's okay to forsake the assemblies of ourselves together because of this? Come on. These are the same people that wake up every day and turn their phone on and use a GPS, not an FPS. That'd be a global satellite, not a flat satellite. <laughs> are you picking up what God's putting down here? It's not, it's not, you're not an idol worshiper if you have a globe. And if you're going to say we're an idol worshiper because we have a globe, then why are you using a global satellite positioning on your phone? It doesn't make any good sense. It doesn't make any biblical sense. Isaiah 40. Let's get to the good stuff. Isaiah 40, verse number 22. I'm going to need some. I hope you, I hope you got some change in your pocket, some of you. You're going to need yourself a quarter or a dime or a penny or a nickel. We're going to do a little. We're going to do some science, okay? Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 22. Isaiah 40, verse number 22. It is He that be God that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof, thereof are as grasshoppers. Now, hasn't that been a verse? that Bible believers have used for a long time to be able to understand the shape of the earth. And when evolutionists are all this, isn't that a verse that's commonly used? Except, except, if you have a quarter, is that a circle? It is. And that circle is also what? A flat disk. Okay, hold that, hold that quarter in your hand like this. Is it flat? Is it a circle? So you see, Isaiah 40 verse 22 is teaching that the earth is flat and can still be a circle. Now, do you see why you need to search the scriptures and why you need to, you, you, you hear something and you're like, what, 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 what? Oh, no, believe me, I know. <laughs> believe me, I know. How do, we, how do we settle that with the Scriptures? Now, that's the extent of my science uh, expertise. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a cosmologist. I'm a Bible teacher, and I want to try to do the best I can to go by the Bible. So, you could see how you can have something that's a circle and, and spherical, and how, something, how you can have something that is circle and at, this, and at the same time, it could be flat. It could be a flat, a quarter is a circular shape, right? You wouldn't say it's a square. You would say it's a circle. 
Go to 2 Peter chapter number 3 and let's see what else the Bible has to say. There's a lot to unpack in this verse as I read it, but we are not going to unpack all of it. We are going to stay on track. And in 2 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 5, the Bible says, For this, 2 Peter 3 verse 5, they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Second, uh, Isaiah 40 said we have a circle and someone's, it's, God is sitting over it. And you can certainly picture in your mind God sitting over Something that looks like a quarter, a flat disk that's circular. You can picture that in your mind, right? However, when you cross-reference to 2 Peter chapter number 3, and now you see a reference to the earth standing, that means the earth is not laying flat. That makes sense? And if the earth is standing, take that quarter and now put it like this. That would be the quarter standing. If it's laying flat, it's not standing. That's our first clue that the earth is not flat. Because if it would, if it was, Second Peter, it would be completely immersed or sunken in water. But it's standing. So we're all living like this. You know, we're, that's how we're... Now you know that doesn't make sense. You know that can't fit. Standing means upright, not lying down. Isaiah 40 does give a view from the top. There's No one is disputing that. Sitteth upon the circle of the earth. It's a view from the top. But there's also a view from the side that will give the same view. And 2 Peter 3 gives us the side view. So whether you're standing on top if it's exclusively sitting on top, you could make the argument that it's a flat disk. But 2 Peter 3 gives us side views and we come up with the same shape. So biblically, that would be enough clue for me to know that we do live on a globe that's spherical, that God is in complete control of, and we don't have to worry about going too far because we'll hit the Antarctic ice wall and fall off, but that'll be for another lesson. You'd stay tuned for that one. It's too much cognitive dissonance at once. A flat earth can't stand out of the water, folks. It can't. It can't. Now, go to Isaiah 22, and I am going to ask you to respectfully take this verse seriously. Isaiah 22. You shouldn't have to, but take it serious. But, but I want you to. And, and I want to. I've spent years laboring in the Word, studying with the Word, studying under men who labored for their lives, for, for their, most of their adult lives in the Word. So when you show me 25 verses in a meme 
and tell me I should believe the earth is flat because you got something off of Instagram, not only is it insulting to me, it's bad Bible. Because you all know as well as I do, context matters. In any conversation, whether it's with your spouse, your kids, your boss, your work, your church family, your friend, context matters. Now watch what it says in Isaiah chapter number 22, verse number 17. Behold, the Lord will carry thee away with a mighty captivity and will surely cover thee. This is people. This is Israel. These are living human beings that's in context here. The context isn't earth. It's not the earth. It's people. He will surely violently turn and toss thee like a ball into a large country. There shalt thou die, and there the chariots of thy glory shall be the shame of thy Lord's house. With all due respect, the shame isn't Christians who believe we live on a globe and have been deceived because we are spinning violently like we are on a tossed ball. That is not the context. People are being brought into captivity and they're being thrown into it violently like a ball, not like a spherical earth. If it said earth, it wouldn't even make sense. Do you see the picture God's trying to give? has absolutely nothing to do with the shape of the earth. It has to do with people going into captivity. They're tossed like a ball. They're not tossed like a circle. If you said tossed like a circle, it wouldn't even make sense. Bad Bible to go there. Nonetheless, uh, if you're taken to that verse, you know how to draw out the context. How many of you believe in science? True, biblical, operational science. Myself included. Can science make a donkey talk? God did. We believe the science. Okay. Okay. Did God make a woman out of a man? He did. That'd be Eve. Can science do that? No. We believe the science. God does some things that science can't do. We believe the science. God, a, a virgin, a virgin is going to conceive. And that is how God Almighty is going to come down from heaven and he's going to live on earth. Science can't do that. Yet people will say, well, we believe the science. God is bigger than science. You know that God, uh, in Matthew chapter 12, God defines the fish in Jonah 2 as a whale. You know what science would define it as? A mammal. That's what science says a whale is. 
God said it was a fish. God can do things and say things above the scientists because He created the scientists. Okay? That's how big our God is. Now you need your quarter again. Okay, so get your quarter ready. This, you're going to really like this. Go to Isaiah chapter number 11. Isaiah chapter number 11. If you and I were to go witnessing this afternoon after church, and you had an opportunity to tell somebody one of two things. Here's your two choices. You can tell somebody, knock on their door, say, Hi, we're here because we're Christians and we're concerned about you. And here's what I want you to know. You have been deceived by Hollywood, by NASA, to believe that there were dinosaurs and to believe that the government cares for us. And they have deceived you into believing that the earth is round and that you are spinning chaotically on a globe. And every president that has come to pass is part of a Luciferian system and, and Freemasonry. And they have devised a plan and they all work together to keep you in the dark to think that you live on a spherical earth. When in reality, the earth is flat. Or, 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 well, I forgot to leave out what someone told me a few years back, that George Bush conspir conspired to blow up the World Trade Centers, and that's part of the Luciferian deception too. Okay. I don't know what the Bush family's doing with oil and the Arabs and all that. I don't know. Quite honestly, I don't care. I'm just thankful that I've got a Savior. But let's say He did. Let's say He did. And let's say all that's true. And let's say you convince a hundred people in town that NASA, Hollywood, and the government are all working together and you've convinced them now, okay, we live on a flat earth that's stable and not moving and spinning chaotically like a violently tossed, tossed ball. Where does that leave their soul? I'm, I'm, I'm really being deceived? No, I don't. Christians are being deceived to go down these rabbit trails that lead them nowhere. You know how much time you have to waste? And that's what I told my friend years back. And lo and behold, there's people. It, it was true. What he told me was true. And he jokes about it with me to this day. Hey, you should have listened. No, I, I did the humble walk. All right, brother, can you send me your notes on the flat earth? I should have listened. It isn't coming to the church. It's in the church. Okay? It's in the church. We've got to be able to answer it. Or, so what I said, so you can give them all that information that I told you, and we'll unpack all that. Um, I, maybe I can't give you a, a lesson every week because it's too much for me. It's probably too much for you. 
and there's other things to talk about. But as we unpack this issue, we can either give them all that information when we knock on their door, or we can say, do you know that this world is run by the prince and power of the air, Satan? And man was created, he fell. God has given Satan temporal power. And, uh, and you're an Adam, I'm an Adam. We, are, we all have a sin nature. And there's only one way for us to be reconciled from God. There's only one way for us to come to know God in a real way. And there's only one way to have your sins forgiven. Would you allow me to talk to you about Jesus Christ and what He did for the salvation of your soul? Or we can have a geometry class. Okay? I mean, that, that's really the biggest contrast I can make of the importance of one over the other. I had a preacher friend, he said he's at a general store, uh, and, and someone knew him as a preacher, and he said, uh, he said, preacher, what do you think about the flat earth? He said, uh, he said quite honestly, I don't care what the, what, what the Bible says about the earth being flat. He said, but I do know what it says about being, on, being in church on Sunday. <laughs> and, and he invited the guy out to church. You know what that is? That is some wisdom right there of knowing what is most important. If we fish long enough, we can find stuff to disagree on. But look, we've got a website. We've got a doctrinal statement. We have a belief system that's pretty comprehensive that we've all decided to agree on. We can cherry pick stuff all day long and find little hairs to split for disagreement. And maybe that has its appropriate place, maybe at lunch or maybe when you're out just fellowshipping and enjoying yourself. I'm sure there's a place for it. But it really shouldn't take the preeminence in the church. There's other things that we can get excited about. Now, you have your quarter, I'm hoping. You still have your, your quarter that's flat. Um, because the other thing that the flat earthers will bring you to, it's, it's circle and it's flat, okay? So the other thing they will talk to you about is um, the Bible mentions there's four corners of the earth. And so in Isaiah chapter number 11, verse number 12, the Bible says, And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 12, and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. And so you see that there? The earth has four corners. Let that sink, please. I put this in a specific order so you can just let that marinate. If it's a flat disc and it's a circle, hold that quarter in your hand. Please show me the four corners. There aren't any four corners on a flat circular disc, folks. What in the world does four corners of the earth mean? And can we prove it? And can we prove that it doesn't mean a right angle and we live on a flat earth and we need to look for four corners? Look at the text and you tell me the answer. Look at the text. And give me the answer on how you know its direction. 
It's in verse number 14. You read verse 12, read verse 13, read verse 14. The text gives you the answer. How do we know it's directional? Verse number 14. But they shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines toward the west. And you know what you have when you have a compass? North, south, east, west. What's in the middle? How many corners? It's directional. When you hear four corners of the earth in the Bible, almost every part of that context, it's directional. Go to Revelation chapter number 7. You'll see the same thing. Revelation chapter number 7. So they say, well, when you give them the quarter and you show that, the, that that's flat and it's circle, okay, fine. And they say, well, four corners. Show me the four corners. They can't show you four corners. So you know what they know what say? Well, the corners are at the firmament. What's the firmament? That's the glass dome that's over it. Okay, so show me the four corners. You don't have a corner. You don't have four corners. We'll get to the firmament at a, at a later lesson because this is all we can handle for tonight. Look at Revelation 7, verse number 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. You can't have a flat circular disk and four corners at the same time. You can't say the earth is flat because it says four corners and then go to Isaiah and say that the earth is, um, can still be circular but flat. It doesn't work. Standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth. The winds in Revelation 7 are talking about judgments. Judgments are coming from all directional points. How many of you watch the north, the east, the west, the south? The N-E-W-S news. That's the news. The global news comes from the north, the south, the east, the north, the east, the west, and the south. News. It's the global. It's supposed to be coming in from all directions. You get the news from everywhere. And in Revelation chapter number 7, well, preacher, how do you know it's directional? Find the answer. Look at it. It's hidden in plain sight. Verse number two tells you what? And I saw another angel ascending from the east. Isn't reading the Bible and reading the verse before, the verse after, the chapter before, the chapter after. Many of you have been saved for a long time. You know that that's Bible 101. You don't cherry pick a verse and then another verse, put it on a meme, and then, come on. You and I can wear a shirt that says, Trust Jesus, Jesus saves, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you see what we have and, and the Scripture signs and the Gospel tracts are all verses that are going to point people to Christ. Or, you can walk around with a shirt that says, the earth is flat.
is that something that you have to pray about? Because I don't. I know what shirt I'm wearing. Someone walks into church and said, they had a shirt, and the shirt said, the Bible says the earth is flat. And then on the back of it, it had all these verses listing where the word flat came up in the Bible. So the preacher had to spend an hour and a half trying to convince him and couldn't convince him. And he couldn't show one verse where you have a shirt that says that the Bible says the earth is flat and I'm asking you to point to me one verse in the Bible where it says the earth is flat and they can't do it. They got to cherry pick verses and it doesn't fit. So you have a directional points. When you see four corners, it's directional. Lastly, we'll use this verse and we'll finish here. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Hopefully you can answer the circle part, that shape, and hopefully you can answer the four corners uh, in our Bible slash geometry slash biblical cosmology course. My wife should be proud of me. I'm a biblical cosmologist now and a, ge and a geometry teacher. First Corinthians, you gotta have fun with this stuff or you just wear yourself out overthinking it. First Corinthians 3. I have never read this verse. I'm gonna read you this verse and I'm gonna teach it to you how a flat earth person would teach it to you. And uh, then I'm just going to thank God that, that we've got it right. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter number 3, verse number 19. For the wisdom of this world. You say there's flat earth preachers, Brother Jimmy? Yeah, there, there are. There are. There are. How do you know this? It's part of the job requirement, apparently. I had to figure this stuff out. For the wisdom of this world. You know what that means? Flat earther says that's those that are believing in a spherical earth. That's how they preach this. They get the troops riled up over this. Is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise. That would be me. That would be you. That would be anybody that believes in a spherical earth. Our wisdom. Anybody that talks about a circular earth. He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. The, old, the science that we use to say that the earth is round. And they twist that scripture to make a preacher like myself or to make a Bible believer like you feel like we've got it wrong. Is it worth the fight? It's not worth the fight. What do we do if someone comes in and pulls you aside after lunch and says, hey, can I share with you some of my biblical cosmology homeschooling material? What do you do? They're Christians. They love God. You say, thank you. We have our own curriculum we use. Yes, but do you know that NASA in Hebrew means deception, and a lot of the science curriculum out there is, is designed to deceive moms into teaching their kids 
that the earth is round and that we live on a spinning chaotic globe? Oh, okay, well, let me pray about that. <laughs> no. I understand you believe that and you can continue to believe that. And you just respectfully say, look, I just don't believe it. And if I did believe it, I'd probably want to talk about Jesus anyway because He's so much better than what the shape is. The deceptions that, the, the, the deceptions that Christians have fallen under are we need to get more excited and spend all our time on these other theories or facts or whatever you want to call them. And it takes our devotion off of our Savior. And it takes our devotion off, I mean, our fellowship. I mean, we're devoted to God, but I hope you know what I'm saying. It takes the love that we would have for each other and it starts to split it because, well, you think it's flat and you think it's circular and you think it's a triangle and we can't agree on the flood and, and Peter, so we're going to have to just split and divide and fight. Folks, Many of you have known me long enough to know I've got a doctrinal position on just about everything. I don't need... I want unity. I want unity. And if I have to stay away from something to keep unity, I'm just ready to sign up for it. It just... You're compromising! Yeah, I am. I am. On that, I'm going to compromise. For that season, for that time, yeah, just sign me up for it. I want unity. I want the church to grow. I want people to get more excited about talking about Christ and what He did for them. If you can spend three hours talking to somebody about the shape of the earth, you better be able to spend six hours telling them about your testimony and how good God is. And the kids need to know this too. Because you need to be able to love other kids that don't see it how you, how, how, how you see it. You need to be their friend. And you need to invest in them. And you need to care for them. And you need to put differences aside. You know why, kids? Because that's what life is. And honestly, when you grow up and get married, and you, don't, and, and you think the earth is round, you might marry someone that thinks the earth is flat. Now you can either fight and bicker and get divorced over it or you can just agree to take the gospel either across it or around it. Uh, honestly. You might not put up a Christmas tree in your house, but you might marry somebody that wants to put up a Christmas tree. You can either fight and bicker and burn the thing down, burn the house down, or you can just get over it. And you can just choose to have some unity. I didn't mean to start a riff here. But look, look. Honestly, put one up one year, don't put one up the other year. Well, Brother Jimmy, don't you have a position on it? I have a strong position on it. I have a strong conviction on it. But what I'm saying is, what is more important? Your marriage or an ornament? Really? Really? 
There's just bigger fish to fry. There's bigger fish to fry. And uh, like, our, like our sweet Sunday school teacher, if it means, if it means keeping the unity, she is happy to take the globe and take it out and put it in her trunk and go home and pray. Why? Because there's something in someone more important. But don't you have a conviction about the earth being... Yeah, I do, but actually, I kind of really don't think about that every day. <laughs> well, Brother Jimmy, you have all this stuff you teach about giants, and I'll put all the giants away for the sake of keeping unity. It's not worth me trying to convince everybody that there's some giants in the Bible. Well, the angel and stars and all that... I'll put all that away. I'll put it all away just to keep some unity. You know what I try to do? We don't have a large church. I understand that. How many times can I preach to you from John 3.16? How many times can I tell you the gospel you've been saved and you go out, most of, most of us go out in some way, shape, or form and tell someone the same message every week, the gospel? I'm trying to give you more than just salvation, salvation, salivation. Tithing, tithing, tithing. <laughs> okay? So we go through these things on a Sunday afternoon and a Thursday night. Uh, but look, you may think I've got some way out doctrines. I've heard some crazy ones. And uh, there's just somebody more important to talk about. I hope that was a good introductory lesson. Let's, let's fall flat on our face and pray to God. All right, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.